keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roasts and the Roast of Cody Rhodes. we got a big show this week. We're going to roast Cody with the uh, with also his least favorite match. Sorry, I stumbled upon that. Uh, pick SmackDown versus Dynamite. Take a trip down Bad Merch Manor with a segment Mike hosts called Own It. And our special guest this week, uh, she has an amazing half-hour special on Comedy Central. She's been in Viceland's Flophouse, Last Comic Standing. You've probably heard her on uh, Corolla, Doug Loves Movies. The hilarious Amy Miller is with us today. Oh, thank Amy. you so much for plugging me on Adam Corolla. I should take that. <laughs> I should remove that from my bio, maybe. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm we know putting... where our fans know you from. <laughs> 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 my titty pictures on instagram <laughs> i like strong feminism comedy and man Bria. <laughs> the laugh button says she found a wildly creative way to find empowerment while simultaneously sparking laughter there we and go stop. then we forget about bringing in the, bringing in the laugh button quote um look we're gonna you gotta get to the have the laugh button in there you, you gotta mean. have it you gotta have the laugh button um Look, I just want to thank every all our patrons for checking out our Hell in a Cell episodes for uh, roasts on the regular show coming up. We got Dusty Rhodes next week. We got Dustin Rhodes the week after that. Kurt Angle, Lita, Booker T, and hold tight for our August 22nd roast right around SummerSlam. It'll be The Rock. Uh, for our Patreon schedule, this uh, Monday, we're going to be casting the Avengers and the Marvel Universe with the... Uh, with the wrestling universe, which will be hosted by Mike and Robert. July 5th, we've got the roast to Jim Cornette and his Dairy Queen call. July 12th, we're off. July 19th, we've got Money in the Bank. July 26th, No Mercy 2005. And Rob was one of the writers for it. So uh, hearing his perspective will be interesting. August 2nd, we got the roast to Billy Corgan. August 9th, we're off. August 16th, Wrestling Dumbest Criminals. August 23rd, SummerSlam. August 30th, the roast of Vince Russo and re the reverse... Uh, battle royal at tna uh if you want to spend a little extra money our ten dollar tier something to sports entertainment with this is for the uh this is for the real studious wrestling fan it's if you missed the old recaps from total evan marks uh robert and i broke down this past week's episode of raw which was pretty good we're doing nxt next week a week before the great american bash and we're interviewing rob patillo who is featured in the vice versa china documentary and was a good friend of china some also uh, some other news some merch news i almost said that correctly we've got we've got some shirts coming out folks and we're going to give you we're going to give you uh, give you the know-how once we uh <laughs> once pro wrestling tees get them printed but it's time to get into what we love about Cody Rhodes. You know, Amy, when I reached, I knew you were a wrestling fan when I, when I reached out to you, and I think I gave you a couple options, but you uh, you told me you were a big Cody fan. What do you what do you like about Cody? 
Well, I hate to do this as like you have a girl on your show and then I have to be a cliche, but a he's fucking hot. We can say that, right? Can you? Yeah, can I mean, guys I say that agree? about everybody and I'm a dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I like like I'm not saying that, but it's just it's a matter of taste. Not that he's I don't think dudes are hot, you know? Yeah, he's like, yeah. He's like a six for a regular guy, eight for a wrestler and 11 for a Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's like a 37 for a Rhodes. I mean, he breaks the Rhodes scale. I'm looking at Rhodes and Becca Amy right now, and it's, it's amazing that they came from the same yeah. thing. Check them out. I mean, the hair. Yeah, it's good. Um, I don't. I mean, I'm sort of like an accidental wrestling fan because, you know, that's not I didn't put that up in our house. Um, a man lives here, but but I've had so much fun, like getting back, like getting into AEW and going to the Vegas shows and stuff that I'm like, I don't know. He just has a special place in my heart because uh, because of those shows like, Were you I, like the double or nothing show where he went against Dustin. I was. Yeah. Oh, wow. Amy, yeah, was- Amy, if I only saw Double or Nothing, Cody Rhodes would be my favorite wrestler. I cried that. Did you cry that night? We all oh, cried. You could just. Yeah, you could, I wrote a joke about it, actually. Yeah. Oh, I was weeping like crazy, it was. Right? Crazy. Listen, it it brought up daddy issues for all of us. OK, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just think it's amazing what he's done on top of being super hot. That's cool. Um, and like caring about shit that matters. Like, it's awesome. They hired a trans wrestler and a non-binary wrestler. Like, I don't know. I just think it's dope. It makes me excited about wrestling, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Scott, you uh, have like a kind of a, like a, a love hate relationship with Cody. What's here about the love side? Well, I mean, I mean, I think he's like important to what's going on. I, you know, uh, we always bring up Omega and the Bucks, but Cody's a big part of AEW and All In was kind of him accepting, well, taking a challenge to Dave Meltzer saying that, you know, these indie guys couldn't sell out an arena and he's the one who took the bet and kind of pushed that forward. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's great. In a lot of ways, I, I mean, that Cody freaking Dustin match is one of the best matches I've ever seen. And I saw it live Unbelievable! Uh, when he did the backflip off of the cage on Wardlow. That was super memorable. I saw him do a backflip off of a cage at Madison Square Garden. It was like a random house show and he did a backflip off of the cage. Um, dashing Cody Rhodes is really good. Um that's that's close to it. Oh, that Jericho feud in the beginning of AEW is still one of my favorite AEW feuds. The Silver Spoon promo is fantastic. Yeah, I, I think he's you know I think he's good. I think he's good. He's good for the business. I don't he's not I'm, like I don't think he's a good wrestler, but he is. I mean, he had that Dustin match, man. So he's, I don't know. You know I think he's it's weird. It's weird. Um. I, you know, but we'll, we'll, we, I don't, I don't want to say anything critical. Yeah, I don't want to shit on him yet. That's yeah, the whole idea. But Mike, no, I like Cody Rhodes a lot. Yeah, Mike, what, what do you think of Cody? I think, you know, what, whatever, I was going to say whatever you want to say. I mean, whatever we are going to definitely say. Um, I feel like he's a guy that you got to say uh, crawled up through the WWE system and had a better career outside of it, you know? Uh, a lot of times people leave and they're bitter and they get worse or they do the same shit. He reinvented himself. Um, you know, I think I like the Stardust gimmick. I thought it was fun. 
I thought they I did a really good the, job with it. Yeah, even though yeah, it's, it's not the greatest in the world. You I thought Dash and Cody Rhodes. I'm a I'm a big Doctor Doom fan, so him wearing that mask was cool. Like, I think that you know, you mustache look at Cody ruled. Mustache Cody was good. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, he was there. He was there a long time, and then when he left, he you know he found his own path. Um, because he's not even like. His brother, he's not like his dad. He is his own guy. I think that's awesome. And um, yeah, I, I don't think that AEW would be what it is without him. Um, I love, yeah, those first few shows, his matches felt different. They felt more important. They had this different feel to them. They were, they were spectacle. Like at the All Out when it was... Um, him and all this that felt like your classic nwa match he brought all in yeah yeah he brought gravitas to this indie world i think you know you had like the bucks and all the other you know hot topic guys but you know he's a guy whose merch you get at cracker barrel it's a different feel <laughs> and, I, and i think that wrestling should have those different uh feels and um yeah i, yeah. I loved a lot of his early AEW feuds. I thought the MJF stuff was great. Um, you know, he brings a different type of. Yeah. The, I mean, the whipping style. segment was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, the whipping segment was amazing. Yeah. And I, that was so nuts, I think nuts. that, and you know, he, he lost that feud. I think that he helped elevate MJF to a higher level. So, hey, Amy, what were you saying about Stardust early? Were you about to say something about oh, Stardust? Oh, I was going to say, I also like that character too but it, it it was funny and like very dark in the darkest of ways to like not to stick with it after his dad died and like not break kayfabe at all like it, it just it made like a it weird like, even creepier exercise yeah. and it probably truly was yeah and 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 also like mike you're saying he brought this gravitas like i agree but and also like a a family legacy that wrestling fans like adore like if if this had all failed um which was truly him betting on himself, which I always love as a comic too. Like you leave and go to the Indies and just try to get like as good as you can and like build this new life for yourself outside of your family legacy, but still honoring it. Um, and then like create this massive thing, which I was like remembering less. Like, it's crazy how fast this happened. I feel like the last two years for all of us feels like 10 years, but then you remember like double or nothing was like, like it just happened. Like they built this shit so fast, and it's yeah, really, it really impressive. Ago. Yeah. Who knows how big it would be if it wasn't for COVID? You know, I mean, yeah. and and I think you know, I think it's something we we like to say on this show. You know, we're a fan of wrestlers first before companies and all of that. And the fact that they have another place, more opportunities. I think we're all going to be for that. And you know, Cody helped make that happen, and he'll tell you that every time <laughs> robert uh robert what, 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 are you, what are you a cody fan uh i like that he loves pro wrestling i think that yeah. to me is i will judge certain wrestlers based on whether they genuinely care about the product and he loves wrestling in spite of what he saw this business do to his dad and his brother and had every reason to be bitter and say, I don't want anything to do with pro wrestling. And he saw it as a pure art form. He avoided a lot of the pitfalls and say what you want about him. There's not a lot of negative stories out there about Cody Rhodes. He's always been fair to deal with. He's always been very respectful about every aspect of the business. When he was in the WWE, they gave him a lot of really 
lame gimmicks that he made the most of. When he was dashing Cody Rhodes, it's a tired gimmick. He made it feel fresh. When they was wearing the face mask because he was injured and they had people putting paper bags on there, we've seen that before. He made it work. He went all in on Stardust when he didn't have that kind of persona ever. There was nothing about him that made me think that guy is wacky, over-the-top crazy. And then he went all in as wacky, over-the-top and crazy. WWE chose not to do anything with it. He tried hard, and then he left on his own. They asked him to stay. Hunter himself asked him to stay. And he could have had a job for life based solely on Dusty, and he went out there to go reinvent himself. Uh, He's the grown-up in the room for AEW. I feel like there's that whole idea there's two camps. There's the the Kenny and Bucks camp, and then there's the Cody camp, where Cody sees this as a successful television operation. Hey, let me go on this this reality show on TBS and be a a guest judge where I'm an ambassador for AEW. Let me pull Shaquille O'Neal into our programming. Let me be part of network upfronts. He's that kind of wrestler that if WWE had really leveraged it, he could have been a Cena-level mainstream media personality. And I think that will ultimately be his legacy. He's going to be a great wrestling executive. I don't think he's going to be remembered as an all-time great wrestler. Just go through some of his accolades. He was a short, he was a shoot, I'm sorry, Georgia State champion in high school. So he's definitely the toughest roads, like as far as like, which is weird because you, you'd think like because of, you know, more of the Hollywood uh, predilections that he wouldn't be. Uh, two-time AEW TNT champion, CBS promo of the year. That was the Silver Spoon one. NWA champion, Ring of Honor champion, six-man Ring of Honor champion with the Young Bucks, Sports Illustrated's Wrestler of the Year, 16, six-time tag team champion, WWE, two-time intercontinental champion, WWE, and the uh, IWGP United States champion. Great matches with uh, his brother, with Brody, with Jungle Boy, with Darby, and... One of the things that I think you should get more credit for is uh, he brought back the uh, classic white intercontinental title, which is like one of my favorite titles ever. And uh, I know this isn't a Brandy bright side, but I met Brandy and she seems, you know, super nice, uh, very legit, nice person. Um, I like her cooking videos. Uh, yeah, yes. I've only, I've only seen the one that MJF like started to show his heel side with, but uh, he, yeah, she, they, they seem like they actually, you know, are, are in love to the point of nausea at times, but we'll get to that in the roast. Uh, that's your shit, Dan. That's shit. Okay. Well, it's not just my shit. Uh, enter Mike Lawrence. Uh, <laughs> He's celebrating his life events instead of a title. What a fucking loser. Okay. All right. Wait a minute. Is this a different Scott than the one who's shit? Yes. When Amy's here, it is. Cody's a good man, a good I, I husband, the, you know, and I, passionate I, you know, lover. Yes. Animal, also, the, uh, the Tony Khan check just came in. Lover. So, Scott's happy and more more than anything guys cody rhodes is jeff jared's best possible outcome (laughs) um amy where do you want to go in today's roast you get to uh pick your placement as our guest oh how many people are going all five of us all five of us okay um i'll go third third the sweet spot zach who's up on the firing line first for the roast of cody rhodes dan Oh, that's me. The rest of Cody Rhodes. Staring at Cody's neck tattoo is the only way Jackson Riker can come. <laughs> oh, my God. I had oh, a gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> funny listening to Dan talk about trying to tell a joke is the only way I can come. <laughs> oh, I just butchered that one. All right. 
if you combine Cody's hair and Dustin's past, you'd get Brigitte Nielsen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Cody, is it ballsy to leave WWE if nobody noticed you left? <laughs> Anthony Agogo says that one benefit of partial blindness is seeing only 20% of Cody's outfits. <laughs> Cody had has more action figures than good matches. Before getting engaged to Brandy, Cody asked his father's accent for approval. <laughs> Cody may have been born with a silver spoon, but it turned dark brown after his feud with Jake Roberts. <laughs> Cody came up with Bagman because he was used to guys carrying him. He was the first <laughs> TNT champion because he's the wrestler most likely to blow up the company. His theme song sounds like something a high school band writes with supportive parents. Dad won't let me use his car, so he bought me a Jaguar. <laughs> Cody Rhodes says AEW is inclusive, but the only one on the roster with an ethnic name who's gotten screen time is Pharaoh. <laughs> the most progressive thing Cody's done is trust a Jew. When Cody, Ted DiBiase Jr. and Randy Orton came up with a faction name, it was between legacy and which one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> I mean, say what you want about Cody Rhodes, but he is without a doubt the most liberal wrestler to secretly post a picture of Hillary Clinton with vampire teeth on 4chan. <laughs> <laughs> he got his daughter's name Liberty after hearing wrestlers in the crowd shout it during commercial breaks. <laughs> the nightmare collective was taken off tv but still worked tirelessly backstage to come up with cody's promos <laughs> cody and brandy will star in roads to the top which i thought was a tlc special about mandy fucking otis <laughs> and finally he was the fourth member of the elite that tony khan called to start aew when cody <laughs> picked up the phone tony took a deep breath buttoned his collar, wiped his brow, and said, I got one question and one question only. What's Adam Page's number? Thank you, guys. <laughs> that was uh, that was my set. <laughs> Who's next? Scott. Okay. <clears throat> I'm not saying Cody Rhodes can't be trusted, but his personality is the Grinch running for mayor of Whoville. <laughs> He somehow exudes a type of confidence that makes you go, is this guy about to steal my land? <laughs> <laughs> he acts like he's running for president against George Washington. <laughs> I recently spoke to a survivor of the 2017 Las Vegas shooting after he went to an AEW show. And he said seeing the American Nightmare live was worse than seeing the American Nightmare live. <laughs> American Nightmare, more like American Heavy REM Sleep. Am I right, guys? The only way people would pay to see an American Nightmare in this country is if it's a movie where the American Pie kids get killed off by Freddy Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> when he gave the okay to hire Brock Anderson, he thought they were hiring Brock Turner. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> if, uh, if most guys today wrestle like a video game, Cody wrestles like an action figure. And I was going to say a doll, but Kenny Omega was able to get a good match out of a doll. <laughs> Cody thinks his tattoos improved the marriage because anytime Brandy kisses his neck, he angry fucks her for disrespecting the flag. 
patriotism on the neck, you know, to ward off communist vampires. He got fake teeth and you go, to hide that you're the devil? I don't know what is he exactly. Uh, this is for the kids. The Nightmare Factory is a lot like a fudge factory in that it is where doo-doo is made. Come on, man. Cody has Cuban in him through his maternal grandfather <laughs> and because he sticks cigars in his ass. <laughs> that was such a norm joke. Cuban in him. He's Dusty's kid. He became a wrestler because he can, you can't wrestle because your dad wrestled. Oh, so since your grandfather was a plumber, that's why you suck shit? <laughs> why would you assume wrestling runs in the family when Dusty never ran a day in his life? <laughs> he, and good for him, but he loves his dad so much that he's convinced himself you could inherit a lisp. <laughs> Just thinks that's a thing that's in him. Did he bite on the silver spoon he was born with? <laughs> like his dad, he won the NWA title. NWA is also how he, how he describes Brandy's cousins. <laughs> NWA, okay. Uh, he thinks he's a nerd because he likes Star Wars, Disney, Marvel, and all the other most popular things ever made. <laughs> was that about him or me uh, he's he's just like he's just like luke skywalker in that he sucks at acting that's right fuck you mark hamill he heard rick flair's space mountain promo and thought it was about the ride he's simba in the lion king if when mufasa died he just stayed like became the king at age seven. <laughs> and everyone's like, what the fuck's this? This is like King Joffrey vibes this kid's giving off. He's the one human who grew up thinking Dusty's hard time promo was as important as the I have a dream speech. <laughs> He's Harley, I don't see race. <laughs> uh, He's an enormous fan of Sting's religion. The religion that Sting uh, loves. Uh, Cody and his family on pay-per-view is a lot like my taxes in that at some point I'll say, I spent all this money for these roads. <laughs> and finally, in Matt Gates's defense, when he recently said he thought the military became too woke, it was right after watching Cody versus Anthony Agogo. <laughs> all right, that's it. Scott Chaplin, everybody. Amy Miller. Okay. <laughs> These all make me laugh, so don't care if anyone else does. <laughs> Damn, Cody, are you excited for White Boy Summer? Because you are wrestling's Chet Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Cody, did you lose a lot of your early Southern battles? Because you look like a Confederate soldier's ghost. <laughs> 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 what if they all start with damn Cody? Um, <laughs> damn Vince McMahon. <laughs> Are you Doc Brown? Because when Cody left the WWE, you said where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> <laughs> Cody said that before he was with Brandy, he had truly never walked in a black woman's shoes. He had only walked around in their panties. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Cody and I have a lot in common. We both love dogs. We both care about social justice and we both have a nightmare family. <laughs> really more of a roast of myself, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Cody is so white trash and his tattoos are so bad that I, I want to have sex with him. I do. And I, a lot. And I know he can throw me around because I saw him pick up Shaq. 
<laughs> and listen, if he doesn't like how I look, he can throw a bag over my head. Okay. Again, roasting myself. Don't know why. Um, Ray Mysterio breaking Cody's nose was notable, not just for Cody's change in character, but because this was the last time Cody ever wore a mask of any kind. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Remember COVID? Okay. Um, oh, that's right. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just remember that. It's not very timely. Okay. Cody, it's okay. You can come out of the closet. Wrestling fans will accept you. A lot of your fans are also Republicans. <laughs> Cody was criticized for scaring his dog Pharaoh on stage with fireworks. But I think we should all just be glad that he didn't euthanize the dog for not being patriotic. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, this was so dumb. Um, at double or nothing, Cody said to Dustin, I don't need a partner. I need a brother. I think what they really both needed in that moment was like a bandaid maybe, or like a towel of some kind, <laughs> not a joke. Um, Cody's double or nothing reunion with Dustin Rhodes made more fat guys cry at once than every time they canceled a McRib again. Come on. <laughs> Oh man, that one hit home. <laughs> uh, Cody created uh, Cody helped create the first company in a while to really compete with the WWE. So now Vince McMahon does Pepsi and Cody Rhodes does Coke. <laughs> That's it. Dude, that was great. Amy hey, Miller, everybody. Amy Miller, that was awesome. Thank you. Um, uh, Zach, Robert. Oh, Robert hey. <clears throat> It's true. Cody is the American nightmare, a rich white guy who found success solely through nepotism. <laughs> Cody is what happens if John Cena believed his own character. Cody has dyed blonde hair like Jared Leto in American Psycho, weird tattoos like Jared Leto's Joker in Suicide Squad, and with AEW, an overly indulgent passion project that people pretend to like, just like Jared Leto's Five Seconds to Mars. In short, fuck Jared Leto. <laughs> not a lot of people know this, but Cody was not a planned pregnancy. His father lied about putting on a condom. So Cody's mom was the first victim of a dusty finish. <laughs> <laughs> Cody got his nickname Dashing when the creative team noticed the audience fleeing for the concession stand whenever his music hit. <laughs> Cody has a love for America so intense and creepy that America should consider getting a restraining order. <laughs> he has a patriotism that's usually reserved for a Budweiser Super Bowl ad. Cody loves America so much that he named his daughter Liberty, though being such a company man, he was willing to name her State Farm. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes was one of the most charismatic men of all time, and somehow all Cody gleaned from that was, I should talk with a lisp. Cody wrestled as Stardust, an homage to his father. Stardust was also what Dusty's nickname for cocaine. <laughs> Cody is so obsessed with living up to his father's legacy that you know at least once he accidentally called Brandy Sapphire. <laughs> Cody Rhodes is nothing but over-the-top patriotism mixed with unwanted information about his family. He's Facebook come to life. <laughs> it's tough to take shots at this guy because Cody really loves wrestling. Look at the way he works, the way he cuts a promo. He thinks he's Flair out there. Don't get me wrong. He's Flair. He's David Flair. <laughs> that's not fair Cody is a lot like his father Dusty used his power of running a company to keep himself a headliner well past his prime 
while Cody used his near, influ his near infinite influence to put QT Marshall on TV, to which I am forever grateful. <laughs> That's it for me. Robert Carpolis, everybody. And uh, last but not least, Mr. Mike Lawrence. First of all, I would like to thank the many, many wrestling fans <laughs> and forbidden dogs listening throughout the world that miss and mourn me, Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, ever since I've been down in the ground, baby. Secondly, I would like to thank the many, many ring rats that are now angels in heaven that give me Dusty Rhodes' sweet, sweet blowjobs and allow me to have some wonderful Dusty finishes if I please. <laughs> With that out of the way, I've got something to say about my son, Cody Rhodes, the least talented executive vice president of AEW. No respect, no honor. There is no honor for someone who has stolen and besearched my legacy in the first place. <laughs> you have ruined my name more than Tony Khan has spent Shad Khan's money. And let me just say, that's a lot of trips to the pay window, daddy. Papa Buck is more proud of his kids than I am of you. He also looks more dead than I do too, daddy. Cody has put embarrassing times on Dusty Rhodes and his reputation. You know all about embarrassing times, Sonny. Embarrassing times is when you announce you're going to have a baby on live television, do a gender reveal, and name the damn kid Liberty, reminding me that I gave you too much damn freedom growing up and should have put you in your daily's place. <laughs> embarrassing times is when you bring your poor dog out for a pay-per-view entrance and don't consider that maybe it'll be scared of all the noises and pyro. <laughs> and embarrassing times is when a man works hard for years, builds up a reputation and some dignity in multiple wrestling promotions, and then his son <laughs> wrestles with QT Marshall and gets a pug ugly neck tattoo that would make me roll in my grave if there was ever any room. That's embarrassing times, Sonny. Yeah, you're with Brandy and them sheets, but that tattoo says you listen to Three Doors Down in them streets, Sonny. <laughs> embarrassing times. And Cody, we've all had embarrassing times. I wore polka dots and created the Shockmaster. Your brother was a cross-dressing weirdo bumping uglies with Terry Runnels. And I admit, I wasn't the best booker. My ideas were just a little too ambitious and repetitive. My voice is a little problematic if you think about it or do an impression of it in front of any person of color. But knowing <laughs> that I'm known less for my own career and more as Cody's dad, now that's embarrassing times. <laughs> You're a bigger blemish on this family than the splotch on my belly. There are two people alive with the Rhodes name. One is Dustin and we had our issues, but I love him and his various sexual proclivities. <laughs> and the other is you, Cody Rhodes. You call yourself the American dream now? That name doesn't belong to you. From beyond the grave, I'm gonna reach out right now. And I want you to know that my hand is slapping your face for the embarrassment <laughs> you put on me. You had a mediocre career when you were outshone by Ted fucking DiBiase Jr. And now you've got <laughs> talent on TBS. That's some embarrassing times blues for good old dead Dusty in 2021. And Cody, you stupid boy, let me leave you with this. The only way to truly hurt Cody's feelings is to insult what he cherishes more than anything in this world, and that's his ego. It's fatter than I ever was, but I'm insulting it now, putting it on blast, if you will, because I never did when I was alive. You let me down, Cody, but me and these four comedians roasting you, this gathering, if you will, is an intervention. Change your ways, Cody. Don't keep letting me down, son, because right now I'm no longer proud of you. And don't you ever again insult or compete against my real son, the man I am most proud of, my true son, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. 
I love you, Triple H. Love you. <laughs> oh. oh, my I Lord. love how, how often that slipped into Southern Lawyer, Your Honor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, was about, I was about to say Dr. John cosplay. <laughs> it was a little too John Lewis for my comfort, but it was still good. That's was great. Really trying to keep our five black listeners. <laughs> <laughs> now four. Uh. Now four. Um, Anyway, we love you, Cody. Rose to Cody Rhodes. Um, let's get to uh, show and hell this week. Uh, we're going to talk about Cody Rhodes's uh, what he considers his worst match. Did you guys get a chance to check this match out, Scott? Yeah, I did. I did. What did you think? Uh, definitely not as bad. I if it's this is how his bad. brain works, if this is how his brain works, and he goes, "That's the worst thing I've done." It, it explains a lot of the bravado, you know. <laughs> It's fairly regular, uh, maybe because, you know, look, 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 maybe because there's an audience, you know, and so anytime I see an audience, I, I'm, I'm happy to be watching it, even if it's not that great. But uh, yeah, it's like Sinkara accidentally kicks what Wade Barrett in the balls twice. And uh, and then the and then the end is a fuck up, you know, C- Cody, Cody knows how to tell a good story. So he says it's the worst match ever because like two funny things happened in it. And so he gets to tell the two funny things when someone says, what's the worst match ever, instead of him actually saying what the worst match ever was, and then him just being like, yeah, because I'm not very good at it sometimes. <laughs> so yeah, instead he goes, two him. funny things happened once, you know? Yeah, that story's match, great. That story's go, great. Oh, what about all those other matches where you yeah, stunk? Him saying that this is his worst match ever is like Hitler going, you know, I did a bad thing and stole some candy once. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I. Uh, it's a good it, story, it, though. It's funny. It's, a, it's a great story. The Starcast story is fantastic, but it's really not. Um, it's not that bad of a match. Well, I mean, do we, how do we mention the Starcast story? Do you want to mention what happened? It's- oh, basically that, you know, um, Ted DiBiase gets pinned, and the match was supposed to go for like twice as long, and Ezekiel Jackson was supposed to get a big tag, and uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. walks backstage. And he's like, the referee tried to fuck on me. <laughs> <laughs> Which clearly the best Ted DiBiase Jr. promo, and we never got to hear it. <laughs> Amy, did you, did you get a chance to check this match out? Yeah, and I couldn't. It was like I had to re. I thought I had the wrong link or something because like right. Cody seems to be wrestling fine. Like I didn't notice any major fuck ups. I I got the impression. I mean, besides what you guys are saying, which is he's throwing us off the scent from really bad matches um is that it was just a general shit show like nobody you know and it's like yeah we all know those moments that are like everything went wrong that day he also like he talks about another match he hated Uh, i read this interview and like um and it's just like six paragraphs of him describing his travel fuck ups like missing his flight and stuff and it's like yeah no we get it like travel sucks before performance but also like sometimes you wrestle bad um yeah I couldn't figure it out and then like had to look it up and then watch it again I'm like yeah I guess it seems shit showy but nothing major also it's like Daniel Bryan gets the pin but like the drop kick Daniel Bryan does is excellent <laughs> before this. It's like a near perfect drop kick. Like, so like when he did it, I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, that's weird that that's the finish, but that was also like, it looked really good. That was like also, impeccable form. Also Daniel Bryan's in it. 
It, yeah. 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 It can't Hanson be the worst match ever yeah, had. The, the thing you have to understand, yeah. though, is Cody has a couple of agendas going on here with this. He hates Sin Cara. They never got along. I think Arn's told the story a couple of times. Like, they genuinely hated one another. So the opportunity to bury Sin Cara was there for him. Ezekiel Jackson, not having Ezekiel Jackson in this match made this 10 times better than it probably would have been. Uh, if he would have gone in there for the save, he was clumsy. He was clunky. Nobody liked working with him. So the match would have been a lot worse. I thought the match was was totally fine. And the botch wasn't that bad because this was a taped episode of SmackDown. If this was really so egregious and this was the worst thing that happened and it has thrown off plans for WrestleMania, Vince would have had them retape this no matter how awkward it was. They would have come up with something with his shoulder was up, the referee, X, Y, Z, whatever it would have been. It wasn't that bad. This was just Cody has sour grapes against certain people and wanted to bury them. We've seen Cody have worse match. We watched that Peter Avalon match. We watched the QT Marshall match. We watched the Anthony Agogo. Pretty much every match I've watched of Cody in the last five months was worse than this six man. The worst part of this was this was heel Michael Cole on commentary, which is impossible to listen to. That is nails on a chalkboard bad. Well, also yeah. was the end, correct me if I'm wrong, was the end of that match too, like Cody um, proposing the idea of jumping back in the ring, but then like not being backed up in that. And so I feel like that was like a, a embarrassing moment. Yeah, apparently him. Wade Barrett had already gone up the ramp so he was already gone, and they're like, well, what the fuck do we do? It's weird if just the two of the three of us run back in. Yeah. The most depressing part of this is watching this and realizing this was 10 years ago, and I'm still watching this thinking like, oh, they can do something with Cody and Ted and Wade Barrett and make these guys stars, and you realize how badly they dropped the ball on three really talented performers. I mean, Brian obviously eventually took off in spite of the presentation here. Sin Cara was a lost cause. Ezekiel Jackson was going to flame out. But the fact that Barrett and Ted and Cody never really achieved any kind of success, even though they were all being set up here for something greater, is a really bad you know, indictment of what WWE Creative was at this time. Yeah, but, but it's almost and he left like right after this, I think like it's almost right now, 10 years to the day of Cody announcing like his leaving the WWE, which is wild. I mean, I think he's done a lot with that 10 years. No, 10 years. No, no he was he was uh, still got to be like five. I bet you it's five. Yeah, 15, 16. I, he was I, this I is pre. He was already oh, right, right. in that ladder match. Yeah, it's you're something right, right, very right. short. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that like, I mean. I'm sure, you know, Cody thinks he can say whatever he wants about Ezekiel Jackson because his daughter is half Ezekiel Jackson. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> I feel like, yeah, this was like, I think kind of the Scott's point, I think you were trying to say, Scott, it's like, he picked, like the worst thing that he picked was the thing where he's fine in it, you know? Yeah, it's like Sinkara <laughs> fucked up. DiBiase got mad. Wade Barrett didn't, wasn't, you know, already went backstage. He, he it's all like I was trying like, to do my job and everybody was fucking up. He also <laughs> weirdly <laughs> nags Daniel Bryan because he goes, yeah, this was like pre-yes chant Daniel Bryan. It's like, well, yeah, but he had done Ring of Honor before. <laughs> it's like he was excellent in that in, in many programs. I just, I just do think that like when I was watching this, you kind of do have to like admit like whatever we want to say about Vince or the world of wrestling or whatever the fact that the best guy had the best career is kind of refreshing and nice <laughs> like yeah. the guy who looked the most like a star became the star i mean the sin Cara mm -hmm. thing I, it's just 
I remember that was much. like Triple H's first big like talent acquisition, right? Yeah, and I, you know, can I defend Sin Cara for a second? Like, no, I, <laughs> I know it did. I really work. like him. Yeah, I know it didn't totally work, but I thought it was a cool like thing to do with the blue lights and obviously you know with the fiend that kind of came back to haunt us but i, I like the music a lot i did really like the presentation and uh you know it just it, it didn't it, for whatever reason it didn't work but I, I don't i wouldn't consider that a failure i would i would consider that like a a swing and a miss amy amy you like sin cara yeah, yeah, a lot I would say, like dan you're the sin cara of podcast intros <laughs> uh, well so yeah in this match in particular i feel like he's just sort of the star of the moment for me i mean he's like he's i don't know he's out wrestling everybody in just like uh pizzazz alone but i don't know i really enjoy him i truly think that cody is like embarrassed for some reason by this final moment outside the ring because he tried to make a creative choice and it was like if this was his improv team like he was gonna say one great zinger and someone ran across the <laughs> stage you know <laughs> like i don't know i think that's why he he hates this match you know, but it's just you know a theory what was, was amazing when you were talking about how great sin cara was in this match like at the beginning like sin cara's entrance like all of his jumping in the ring and jumping out of the ring. I'm like, he's really great when he doesn't have to touch another person. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's an acrobat. Like, yeah. it's, Just, it's fun yeah. to watch. Without him, we would have never gotten Reginald. You know? That is no, a pro. I, no, the, the downside to Sin Cara was he comes in with all this hype as he's the greatest Mexican wrestler since Rey Mysterio. And then they gave him carte blanche and they never gave wrestlers carte blanche. Every wrestler had to work everything out with an agent, everything had to be WWE style. They're like, all right, this guy is special. He's different. Let's let him do whatever he wants. He didn't know how to work their style. He was botching a lot. He wasn't selling. He wouldn't listen to anybody. And that put the kibosh on other more talented wrestlers getting the opportunity to kind of stretch their legs for a very long time. Vince doesn't trust easily. So when Hunter's like, let this guy do what makes him special, and what makes him special is he fucks up a lot and he just doesn't sell for anybody. They're like, all right, we're going to pull back on everybody else. So you had a really talented roster, roster of guys like Brian and Kofi Kingston who really could have torn it up. And then they got restrictors put on them even more than normal because Sin Cara was such a disaster. Yeah, I, I, liked, I, think, I think what it would have been funny with Sin Cara is like, because you know, they had one of the clones then play him when, they got, when that guy left. Um, WWE, Hudico. but let Hudico play him, yeah. Oh, Hudico. Uh, but the, what they like, it would have been really funny if they just never dropped the character, but like he has just a different body type every time. Every it's just our truth the next week, yeah. It's <laughs> like you know, how, you know how, yeah, you know how <laughs> Doink was on the independent scene where you're like, you're like, Doink is like, like a foot shorter than I thought he was. I, I think they should have done that with Sincaro. Also, also knowing Vince, we would have gotten a different. Sin Cara, even if he didn't wear the mask. <laughs> I don't know the difference. Ah. I, I, I feel like where he really screwed up Sin Cara was when he started having really bad matches with other Spanish-speaking wrestlers. Like, there was that match with Alberto Del Rio where he, like, hurts his thumb and wants to just stop the match and Alberto. Yeah. He, he hates wrestling. It's hilarious. He like, every time he got hurt, it was immediately timeout, timeout, timeout. Call my mom. Call my mom. I'm not playing. I don't have to play. She said, I don't have to play. Yeah. And so like, cause I felt like that's what they were going to do. We'll put them with Chavo. We'll put them with Del Rio. We'll put them some, some of these guys and 
they did that and he's still botched and they're like okay well he sucks and i mean I, let's give all the credit in the world to all the non-english speaking wrestlers who never fucked up this bad <laughs> it's not a great <laughs> yeah. excuse well the well, japanese folks, guys learn their shit in english they call yeah. moves in english well, that's folks, exactly what i was going to say i think and most of the the luchadors learn most of these in the same language too it's oh, like yeah. english is sort of the universal mm-hmm. wrestling language where you can have a conversation in any locker room to just say certain moves or certain moves, no matter what the language is to, to yeah. break down that barrier. It would be cool. Like you guys mentioned, like trading, like if the mask was Sin Cara and it's kind of like the, like whoever has the mask is Sin Cara. That, that they, is a fun They become idea. reckless and shitty in the ring. Like, <laughs> God, fun. Pick- no, it's just fun the movie, the mask, but it's yeah, Sin- but with Sin Cara's the movie, mask. The mask. Yeah. But for wrestling, it's better than oh, crow sting. Hold on, you say this now, but when Reginald comes out dressed like the Fiend in three weeks, you're going to shit all over it. Dude, the mask as a wrestler is one of the greatest gimmicks I- I've thought of ever. But what, if stop like, him. what if it's like a mask, but you get like all their bad personality traits? Like if it's like the mask of Jake the Snake, and then whoever puts the mask on just becomes an angry... The mask, wait, the mask of Jake the Snake is just an oxygen mask. <laughs> Yeah, it's just evidence. The mask of Jake the Snake is evidence for the robbery. <laughs> yeah, I well, I, I kind of feel like Sin Cara almost the same way I feel about Alexa Bliss's character, where it's like, well, maybe it's different, but like I, I think Alexa, I don't really like this character, but she's great at it. You know what I mean? And it's like maybe this doesn't work in a match, but I thought he was good at it. Um, besides the botches, so. Maybe I should give Alexa a little bit more credit there because she hasn't yeah. had those botches. Dude, we're almost as inclusive as as Cody Rhodes by by talking about Sin Cara this much during a Cody Rhodes. <laughs> yeah, and a woman like... wrestler. Yeah, look at us. <laughs> and one of them lady grapplers. Thank you, Cody. <laughs> um, well, folks, we're gonna get to uh, whether or not we liked Dynamite or SmackDown more next week, but. But uh, for that, support for this week's Wrestle Roast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champion of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your precious privates. And guess what, folks? Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Brave new world, baby. Join over 2 million men worldwide who just Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code ROAST20 at manscaped.com. I love a good shave. Love it. When done correctly, it's an actual pleasure. Unfortunately for me, I was on the road so much when I was doing stand-up, my options weren't great, and I ended up either nicking myself or looking like a mad scientist after I took out the blade and became the butcher. Well, myself and fellow Manscaped ambassador (laughs) Scotty Chaplin are uh, two of the first people to try the new 4.0. Thank you, Manscaped, for giving me the lawnmower, and I am marking out for the performance, the craftsmanship, the detail work. This is 4.0 next. This 4.0 is next level stuff folks look sometimes i take down my pants stare at my crotch and it looks like george the animal steals back with past shaving equipment i've tried to trim the bushes and afterwards it looks like my peter avalon was struck by lightning this has given me the confidence (laughs) that i didn't have and my wife doesn't have to think about someone else this is the ultimate groin shaving experience thanks to easy functionality and they've got cutting edge ceramic blades to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology and let me tell you folks 
You want that area smooth. It's cool to have a scar story on your arm, but way less cool when it's south of the equator. Point is, I finally feel confident shaven, forbidden dorks. This trimmer includes a multifunction off-on switch that's perfect for travel. You can also turn on the 4000K LED spotlight when needed for more pr precision. Just don't turn it on for... In the motel room you're staying at, it will look like a crime scene. I've had bad experiences with that. And there's no one trim size fits all, people. Additional guard lengths with sizes one to four, wireless charging, everything to make it so you're not coughing up the devil's fur ball. Let's increase that confidence, boys. The pandemic is over. To quote Kevin Nash, it's time to let the big boys play. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ROAST20 at manscaped.com. Your balls, and more, more importantly, to quote Cody Rhodes, your country will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the road with the code ROAST20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code ROAST20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Uh, thank you. I think Amy just uh, stepped out. Uh, so I wanted to um, thank Amy. She was fantastic. Was yeah, she was great. Was great. Um, yeah, she yeah. just stepped out. But uh, you can go to amymillercomedy.com for her upcoming tour dates. Can't recommend enough to see her live. She's one of the best comics I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Set, set, without a doubt, uh, one, of the, one of the funniest uh, roast sets we've had on here. So thank you, Amy. Thank you so much. Um, let's get to um, uh, SmackDown versus uh, AEW. Uh, we will start out with uh, Mr. Mike Lawrence. Which show did you prefer? This was this was last Friday's show. I'm going to get a date for you guys, uh, just so in case because this is tonight. I guess the new Dynamite will be coming out tomorrow night. So this was uh, the uh, June 18th SmackDown and June 18th Dynamite. Uh, Mike, which which show was your favorite? I'm gonna go with Dynamite on this one. Um, you know, SmackDown is a reliably good show, but it also feels like I'm often watching the same show. And you know, I always criticize like the women's matches as 9:25 live. It feels like 8:50 uh, every Friday night is when the women's segment is on <laughs> SmackDown, so they're very repetitive with it too. Um, it just feels like you know, you know, SmackDown was all about that main event, and the main event was decent. It definitely felt more like an angle than like a great match, which is nothing wrong with that. Um, but I, I thought outside of that, there wasn't that much. And I liked, you know, some of the character stuff on AEW. I liked the MMA thing. You know, I, I just thought that it felt different. I thought it was cool. Um, and I loved, I think that the best segment in wrestling of the week was that, uh, proud and powerful FTR, uh, promo piece. It was only like 90 seconds, but it told you everything you need to know about these guys. And now I want to see them wrestle because of it. Both so, of those guys are such great promos. Uh, you know, everyone talks about, uh, Dax Harwood, but Wheeler's just as good or Wheeler. I forget. I get him confused, but I, I thought they were both great. Um, <laughs> Robert, uh, which show did you prefer? Uh, I'm going to go SmackDown on this one. I was excited for the main event. I liked the way that they built up the Hell in a Cell main event for the uh, for the show. And I thought that Roman and Ray delivered a pay-per-view style match. What was disappointing was they put a lot of weird commercial breaks in the match, which kind of took me out of it a little bit, except 
I had DVR. I was able to fast forward through it. I like it. They gave you a clean finish again. This was not a lot of weird chicanery and nonsense. We saw that shit during Hell in a Cell on the pay-per-view. This felt like two guys locked in a cage, having a fight. And when Roman choked out Ray, that was a definitive finish. And it felt like, all right, Roman Reigns is a monster. There was every reason in the world for Ray to have some sort of saving grace or them to pull some kind of nonsense. The Usos weren't involved. It was a straight up one-on-one match. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fantastic match on a overall easy to watch SmackDown. AEW, I love that proud and powerful video package they did with them in the revival. That was really well done, but it was a lot of them just phoning it in again. Orange Cassidy against Cesar Benoni went like two segments that should oh, not have gone I mean, long got, at all. I've got some things the, to say about that. The yeah. Kenny Omega backstage segment with jungle boy that ended with him riding away in a golf cart, doing the I'll get you next time gadget next time. Uh, he's your world champion. He shouldn't I like be that, man. I don't know. I yeah, it was great. I, Robert's was, nuts. That was, <laughs> that was, great, that was pretty that was dumb. Great. He's and your then, world champion. And then the, uh, there's no way I can be in Shut favor up. of. <laughs> I know they're, they're a joke of a company. I shouldn't take them seriously um, because they also did uh, one of the worst segments ever. Where, which I feel like you should call child services, Arn Anderson should have saved his son Brock from going on television. Between the, the gut hanging over his, uh, his trunks, uh, the fact that, to quote Scott, he has no ass, which is really <laughs> disturbing. And Wait, I this said was, that? No, not about him, but in general, you've commented on wrestling. Oh, you yeah, have no man, ass you need an ass to be you. a wrestler, man. There's no ass, and he's beyond bad like he was not ready He's for television not, I, 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 I he was I, I, for for so for putting somebody out there like that he was sloppy he was he was not coordinated they didn't protect him and this idea of it's his first match we saw bad bunny's quote-unquote first match bad bunny looked like a superstar brock is a next generation star and they put him out there and he looked clunky and sloppy even when them protecting him and it did him zero favors. And now he has this like Eric Watts stink on him of nepotism combined with just being a guy not ready for TV. They could have given him more time, trained him. There was no rush. It wasn't like people were like clamoring, like, holy shit, we got to see Brock Anderson wrestle on TV. That's going to be the game changer. Keep him off TV for a year. Let him train. Let him get better. Use the pedigree and build it up. He was not ready to be put out there, and it was clear. There were some moments that were really cringeworthy. I really want him to now come out with Billy Gunn as Mr. No Ass Man. <laughs> I'm no ass man. He, he looks, he doesn't look fat. He just looks like a guy who was fat, lost 300 pounds, and his body is just kind of adjusting to it. You know, it's like kind him of and Anthony Agogo that... are both the subway spokesmen for different reasons. <laughs> you know, you know what's amazing? You know, like people will always be like, I'm 80 years young. Like he is 23 years old. You've <laughs> <laughs> like, got that Anderson curse. I mean, my, my problem was it was just like a thing. Like we still haven't heard him talk at all. He still feels more like an idea than a person. And I feel like not having a go-go be a part of this anymore when he was the centerpiece. And the one thing that you could hope to say about this whole fucking fiasco of a feud was that it would at least get that guy over, but he's not even there anymore. It's just, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's a mess, but I will take a lot of AEW's misfires over WWE's like bunts, you know, like, 
I just feel like SmackDown feels like the same show every week a lot of times. Well, dude, and, and you're not. It's not. It's not only Roman. It's it's Baron Corbin versus Shinsuke Nakamura for yeah. the sixth time, and also everybody Baron Corbin. It it always feels like Baron Corbin is fighting himself. I've never watched a match and anybody gotten anything out of him. It's always him making them suck. It just sucks. It's boring. He stinks. Brock Anderson. Um, yeah. Robert's right. I mean, his, his fundamentals are pretty good. I thought like, well, is that, was, Oh yeah. Oh, there was moments where I go, Ooh, yeah. The, like uh, the psychology there, you know, there's that, that arm thing, but give him five minutes, you know, give, make it a, uh, the entire thing should have been five minutes. I mean, and it was how long? 15 or something. It, it's kind of I'd be pissed if I was him. What, what are you guys doing to me? You know, I know I know it's Friday at like 1130 at night, but are, are you trying to embarrass me on national television by making me go 15 minutes? It's just not doing him any favors. But other than that, the Omega Jungle Boy thing ruled FTR thing ruled um, the Penta match with uh, Matt Jackson, blah, blah, blah. Nick Jackson helping with the interference was awesome. Uh, Wardlow versus Hager was a blast. It visually looked awesome. Hurricane Rana in an MMA cage. Ugh. That's all I need. It's better than a fucking than than a than a camera spot in a Hell in a Cell match. That that main event was fucking ass. Uh, just based on the ending alone, you you don't well, fake, throw a guy in a Hell in a Cell I match. The post match stuff was really good. No, he. That's when he threw him out of the ring. See, the problem with the the whole thing with Scott, that MMA thing, though, what's challenging with that is moves that don't matter in wrestling matches suddenly become killer in an MMA fight when it's the same headlock you've seen. It's like now they treat it like, well, this is now real. There was a lot of moves that were in there that just. It's better than having a scene from a television show on my uh, in a wrestling match. It is a television show. No, no, yeah, but you're literally snipping like a thing that's filmed uncomfortably. They did it at Hell in a Cell too, and then Drew, you see a hand underneath the ring because they're pushing back the table. Don't do those things. Just don't do the spot if you don't want your guys to get hurt because there's no fans. Also, have fans. It, it's fucking weird what they're doing. It's like I'm telling them to open up. Like all of a sudden, I'm a goddamn psycho telling the WWE, you know, hey, things are fine now. Open the fucking country up. What it's, is he doing? This seems strangely intentional. It's weird that they run the, the was it the CWC center at NXT with real people? Yeah. Just, yeah. just have them wrestle there. Like, I, it has gotten to the point, like, I, I don't think any of us wants a, a wrestler to jeopardize their health or get sick. Um, but clearly there are safe ways to do this and it's unwatchable. But clearly you should be vaccinated by now. And if you're not fuck off, we're going outside without our masks. How about that? <laughs> oh, they'll be back on the road. Come, uh, money in the bank. And then you're going to remember that WWE crowds are fucking brutal <laughs> and you're going to deal with silence and weird chants and beach balls. Dude, anything. And I hope they boo Alexa Bliss. If they cheer Alexa Bliss, uh, they're losers if they who else if they cheer do we get mad Scott, at this the is fans? their first a lot of for all these guys their first time seeing a woman in about 18 months <laughs> they're gonna cheer alexa bliss who are we kidding no a woman pretending to be a child let's be honest with what's going on there and the guys I, who like I think that that's very stereotypical and wrong there are a lot of postmates drivers that are female now <laughs> <laughs> well I, I wanted to give my vote i guess winner would be dynamite just because my expectations were lower 
Um, I didn't particularly like either show. Uh, I guess I'm on in the minority because the internet really liked that MMA fight. I I, I used to really like um, when I, I think like Owen had that feud with uh, Severin um, that they well, the did Lions kind of like a shoot. it was the Lions that match with uh, with Shamrock, wasn't it? With Shamrock, but no, there's that one. But then there was one beforehand that was um, that was like a the Stu Hart uh, dungeon match, and I just thought that that was just him molesting his children. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just thought that they, that they were, uh, that they, that they just did a better job with it. And, and part of that too, is that Jake Hager is not a good MMA fighter. Like if you see some of the tomato cans that he's fought, I mean, it's, it's really bad. Also, like, what is the wingman? Can we talk about the wingman for a second? What is this stable? It is like, Brutal. it's just, I mean, I just don't even understand like, and they're doing the bucks thing with the spray tan, I'm like, well, they've got the hair. They got the hair thing. Like, why? Like, the Bucks are the hottest tag team in the world right now. Why would you have anything that's reminiscent of that? You know, like produce the fucking segments, dudes. Well, let me, no, let they me, don't. Let me they don't care. This. Again, they're just they're throwing it out there, and uh, nobody talks to each other. And these are all people who have jobs because of favors. And they just need something, so let's just throw them out there. Well, they to... don't all have jobs, but there are some. Yeah, the I mean, all the all the wingmen. I mean, oh, Cesar Bononi's got exactly. business, like, dude. If I have a company, I'm hiring everybody I know. Except the, the company. Knowing the people you know, Scott, that company will be done in two weeks. What am I, a piece of shit? I'm not going to help the people I love. <laughs> yeah, but you could help them like, you know, they could they could. Like, yeah, but you just go you're on dark. Those guys should always be on dark. Yeah. The, I guess the only explanation is you go like, oh, let's see how a dynamite crowd reacts. But that's not it's the same crowd. It doesn't exist. So no, it the, doesn't the, the people, it's just bad. It is bad. The people Scott loves also look like J.D. Drake, just for the record. <laughs> I want to I want to give a shout out to uh, Kaz's new character. Frankie Gazarian's new character is awesome. I thought his promo outshined Eddie, which is which is a really hard thing to do. Uh, I also want to shout out Chad Gable and Otis's finisher. It's awesome, man. I love that. I love it. And I'm, I'm kind of, I'm down with Otis now. It took a little bit of time. Um, Pat McAfee, I thought was terrific during it. Um, and the opening again, Roman hasn't had a bad promo since he's turned heel. I, I don't understand what Seth Rollins's character is. I, I thought I was starting to get it again, but then, you know, I, I don't know, man. I just, I know they're setting him up for edge, but it's like, is that why he's doing the uh, you don't deserve this thing? I, I, I don't I don't understand. And I love Seth. I just don't. He like found this. a way to expense his jackets. That's pretty much his gimmick right now is <laughs> I got to get a new outfit every week, Vince. It's going to be great. Yeah. Well, Becky's going to get his, you. His gimmick <laughs> is it is a juggler that has to do multiple conventions. He's basically Scott Meltzer is his gimmick right now. <laughs> I feel like I. I have to, I think one of the most embarrassing things of, of the week on either show was uh, Vicky's promo. I like Vicky Guerrero. She seems like one of the most genuine human beings to ever be in the wrestling business. You never hear a bad word about her. Like, I want her to succeed as a person. I don't like her doing her 2008 character. It just well, she's, nothing... she's going to be in a match, too. Which yeah, there's I'm just like, nothing evolved about it. There's nothing that's been changed at all. It just feels like nostalgia, but of a time that wasn't good, of a time when you'd get 
you know, Ted DiBiase and Cody Rhodes versus Ezekiel Jackson and Sin Cara matches. <laughs> like, but also I, don't attach her to Andrade. That's the worst part. Yeah. Like, I, it's, it's fine to use her for lower card people where it's like, oh, I recognize Vicky, but they're trying to make Andrade seem like this big deal. And then he's there with someone who is not a compelling TV character. And he tried during that sit down with Jim Ross to make it make sense. But it, it just, it's a weird disconnect. Yeah, and sure. just the, the, the slogan, the face of all Latinos is just fucking weird i don't know what it means yeah it's like oh you mean the most like ethnically diverse group of people in the world it's it, it is a little bizarre um also it's just very bizarre to see jim ross with that much daylight around him i don't know about you guys i just feel like he was turned to a stone or something but also a group of people that are like do not lump us in together if you if you ever call a cuban a mexican watch what fucking happens have you not seen with like the whole controversy within the heights where they're like it wasn't diverse enough in a, in a musical that's all diversity so you when you label somebody like that you're asking for trouble and i also can't tell if andrade fully speaks english or not during that interview, it was like they 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 couldn't pick a lane, and he wasn't that he didn't have that thick of an accent when he would cut promos on WWE. And knowing that he's with Charlotte, what makes it so uncomfortable is I don't know if you heard like uh, several months ago when he first left WWE, Jim Ross kind of buries him a lot on his podcast where he's like, you know, Andrade asked to leave. I don't think that's a good idea. The best thing he has going for him is he's, Char he's Charlotte's boyfriend, and other than that, you know, he, who is he? Yeah, why didn't they use that? That's what I kept it. thinking they were going to set up and use that for this sit down and play the clip since Tony Khan's all about everything is canon and they just ignored it. There was a story to be told there, which is I'm the I'm the draw. I'm the star. I'm the guy that's going to change this business and I'm going to make you understand that. Instead, it was just let me show you how to pronounce my name and explain why I'm with Vicky. Hey, okay, Miro. Can I say this? They did say that they will be making an announcement, right? They said that on is it on Saturday or next Wednesday when they air? Um, do you think that when I heard that, like they're having someone show up, I'm thinking someone else is going to take over Vicky's role, right? This clearly isn't working out and she's about to introduce uh, Selena Vega or something. Because AEW always delivers when they make big <laughs> promises of I a know, surprise. Well, yeah. It's going to well, be Molly Holly or something. But Out surprise everybody. <laughs> um, they, they kayfabe used her introing Andrade as a way for her to get the women's match, which was weird. She's like, "I brought him in, so I get." I just, which is just also weird that Tony Khan would have been like, "Oh yeah, I, I need you to be able to sign Andrade, and as a favor, I'm going to give you a women's match, as opposed to giving Andrade a title shot." Well, She's and a also, terrible manager. I, I also want to um, give a shout out to Miro calling himself God's favorite champion. That's fucking awesome. He's Hell great. Yeah. He made great. the most of that. And there was a there was a moment. Of, I will give them credit for that. That moment of menace when he comes out there when Penelope's in the ring, and he's so just like, good. "Where's where's uh, where's Kip?" But don't worry, I'm here to defend you. Like it was creepy. And I, I obviously in 2021, you can't get away with intergender violence at all. But him looming over her would have been really fantastic. And then it was strange that the Varsity Blondes attacked Miro one at a time while Pillman stood on the apron waiting for his chance. Yeah, I think they're going to break up soon, boys. Um, so. my, my, my pick is actually, you know, if I, if I could use 
really cheat. My pick this week was the NXT show. I, I, I thought that Kyle O'Reilly Kushida match was, was incredible. I thought the tag match with the way and the brand was really good. I think having Roderick strong as the head of the diamond mind is, is a very good use for him. Yeah, Diamond mind is cool. I like that. Yeah, mind. it's cool. So I, I really enjoyed that show. I, I know it kind of died in the ratings, uh, Zach. Uh, oh, and I wanted to say too, like, I don't know whether or not I like that hell in a cell match. There were so many commercial breaks. I couldn't tell. Like that was my problem. I really like the chair spots. I, I I agree that that power that the power bomb was goofy, but I I don't know whether it was good or not. I have I have really have, I have no idea. Like Zach, I, said, I, think, I think because of the interruptions, it felt more like an angle than a match. Yeah. Oh, and and another thing I I am gonna say because we were talking about this a few months ago, Apollo is going all in on this gimmick. Say what you want about it, but he's having a blast. Yeah, and. I kind of dig him in Commander Aziz. I I will definitely say of the debuts this week, I go Commander Aziz over Brock Anderson. Kevin and Owens jamming it with fake praise right him. there. Kevin Owens sold sold for him like crazy for that Samoan spike. Awesome, yeah. Zach. What was your favorite show this week? Uh, definitely not Hell in a Cell. Um, I'm gonna go with SmackDown as well. I actually really enjoyed SmackDown. I'm, I didn't watch AEW, so I have nothing to compare that to. But it's definitely not Raw either. So SmackDown, it is. Although Raw wasn't bad this week. Raw wasn't bad this week. It was. It was for the most part really watchable. And the uh, Xavier Woods Lashley main event was uh, a lot of fun. As was the. Uh, I enjoyed the Riddle Drew match. I thought that was really good as well. I mean, it wasn't great, but it was. It was good. Hell, hell in a Cell. It, it's so. It's so done that we didn't even acknowledge it. How crazy is that? That none of us has said that it doesn't feel important anymore because it's just so apparent. Why bother wasting time talking about it? Is that why we're not talking about it? That they did. And we talked about they it. They did yeah, like three days right. in a row of Hell in a Cell matches and nobody gives a shit. Well, yeah, Dan and I kind of talked about it on the Something to okay. Sports Entertainment with piece, but it was just this idea of they had the cage set up, so we may as well use it as much as possible. It's not special anymore. And they're okay with that because who cares? You know, and as they've overdone everything that they use, there is no special gimmick match they can well, that's pull a out problem, that's going to be. That's a big problem. Well, it's, it's a problem to a degree, but people don't tune in for unique matches for the most part anymore. AEW had. Well, they did, though, for the exploding barbed wire match. That was, was just, the highest. I was say, AEW has relied yeah. on unique gimmicks the exploding death match, the, uh, the stadium stampede, blood and guts. But eventually, I mean, they went back to Stadium Stampede a second time. It felt like it was diminished returns to the first one. WWE knows Hell in a Cell is just something easy to market. It's been on, if you've watched any NBC programming, when they do their Peacock commercial, it was on a lot during the U.S. Open. Hell in a Cell was pretty prominent in that. And it looked cool for the three seconds in that clip. That's all WWE cares about. You're not getting a fan that's going to be like, oh, my God, I want to see a Hell in a Cell because you've seen pretty much every spot you can do you've seen people thrown through it you've seen people thrown off of it you've seen tag matches women's matches there's not a lot of inventive you know what you know what i haven't seen guys act like it fucking matters when they're fighting inside of it well, tell that to Mick Foley, who walks with a limp no no i mean come on of course I'm no not it's all right way that. to bury poor take that mick how I'm no, risked no, no, your no, no, life no, no, no. for scott chaplin i am not and this talking is the about thank you you reference a match that happened 47 years ago, I believe, this week. 47 years ago. <laughs> Back when people cared about Hell in a Cell and work rate. But really, we, I mean, that we match call the, so hard. Uh, 
the exploding barbed wire death match the fizzle and Jackson Vizzle from now on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, can I want to a- say a lot of times I do come up with the joke quickly, but then I have to wait for Robert to finish, and it's old by then. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Pentagon. Also, this is just a note. Like Pentagon's manager, can you stop peacocking that much? Do you notice how crazy he got when he came out with Pentagon? It was like, like dude, it. you're not wrestling in this match. I don't know. I like that was it. just me, guys. I like it. Let's get to a new segment called Own It. Uh, We've done kind of variations of this before, but we're going to talk about the worst piece of merch we've ever bought. And Uh, before that, Dan, we got to do something else. Oh, Uh, we got to do our Twitter question of the week. Oh, shit. Sorry about that. Twitter question of the week. So, in honor. W E A K. In honor of uh, (laughs) Brock Anderson, I asked uh, the the Forbidden Dorks uh, to come up with the next family member that will get a nepotism based job in AEW and uh, <laughs> and what, what match they'll have uh, so here are the answers that we have from uh, Promographic Ken all of JR's illegitimate kids he's be, been having since discovering Blue Chew are the 21 participants in the Casino Battle Royale winner <laughs> gets back child support <laughs> At Dotes McGoats. Well, if Brandy didn't just have a baby, it would be her versus QT Marshall's wife. But since that's not possible, I'll go with Mark Henry's son, Jacob, versus Mark Henry's other child, The Hand. Uh, <laughs> at 655-321-King, Papa Buck versus MJF to avenge getting attacked by him during the Young Bucks inner circle tag feud. The finish will come when Papa Buck tries to hit a super kick party, but his old age turns it into a super kick meal at Denny's before Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> at Belly Flop, uh, no other family members are allowed to debut until Cody's infant daughter shows up and she is not skipping nap time to do jobs, brother. <laughs> <laughs> at Chom 1AK, Mustang Cabana, Colt Cabana's younger sister, who hosts pro wrestling themed Peloton classes, started a made to order pro wrestling cupcake shop and is featured on one out of every five billboards around Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> At Movie Guy, I guess Jericho's family in an intervention stampede match. <laughs> At Andy is Jack 23. Peter Avalon's cryogenically frozen sperm will join the wingman stable. <laughs> but wait. That post liked by Cesar Bononi. (laughs) (laughs) So he's clearly just Googling wingmen. Hey, look, he seems like a nice guy, you know? Although although I think they should change the faction name to Makes Me Want to Commit Suicide Squad. Yeah, Bononi also sounds like a make-your-own-pizza you get at the grocery store. (laughs) (laughs) He does. Oh, we can't afford DiGiorno, kids, but I got you a Bononi. (laughs) At at, at Bipolar Bob, QT's twin brother. I refuse to believe that QT isn't a twin and that the other child got all the charisma, talent, and hair. (laughs) At Bertland 19, Eddie King's half-brother showing up in prison slippers smoking a Lucy. That that's gonna be at the uh, New York show, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, they'll be in the crowd. Over uh, after being abandoned by his brother in a burned down Dairy Queen from somewhere, Orange Julius will return to confront his brother, Orange Cassidy. I, I <laughs> love that. I we will get the good, debut. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great idea. <laughs> we will get to the debut of Tony Khan's illegitimate son, Scott Chaplin. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. And Points. Leading- Roasted. <laughs> if you're wondering why uh, Scott's jokes on Cody were soft this week, 
you don't roast the ones you love. Uh, <laughs> at, Bre- at Bleeding Blue 20, Britt Baker's orthodontology professor will debut in mixed tag matches against Cody and Red, not Brandy Velvet. And then there was just a picture of Isaac Yankum. <laughs> okay, this one's great. At Christopher W227, a reanimated Grizzly Smith wrestles Marco Stunt thinking he's a 10 year old girl. <laughs> 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 yeah, we should have that guy read a roast especially my set this week jesus ed, ed scott ferry after a brief brief feud papa buck's brother uncle buck will attempt to bury the hatchet with shivani's dog bug uh at cbu clb thunder rosa's sister ponderosa <laughs> at wonko stuff Andrade el idolo's third cousin named Aldolfo el idioto martinez Garza Barajas de la Rosa. <laughs> At plus Lindsay, uh, we'll get Moxley's baby versus Cody's baby. Oh, that's happening. <laughs> At Fantasy Booker's Darby's real dad defeated with Darby's stepdad Sting. And at Smart NATO 781, the bastard of Pac. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we got the best fans in the world. Uh Check out our uh, our Twitter feed. Mike will be dropping our next question of the week. Unless you have it right now, Mike. I don't. Okay. So check out our Twitter and it gives you more uh, chance. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Join our Facebook group. There's a lot of fun stuff going on there. Become a patron. Leave us a five-star review. Leave a review. Blah, 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 blah. Now, at Wrestle Roast. At Wrestle Roast. Scott, are you uh, drinking on Capri Sun? Yeah. yeah, well, it's a Kool-Aid jammer, but it is, you know, it, it doesn't exist without the Capri Sun existing. I'm just glad you didn't it, use you know? it when you were debating Robert. <laughs> um, hey, I Mike, mean, I was thinking about it while I was debating Robert, if that makes it any worse. I'm just glad you don't record this podcast from the boxcar with your other brothers and sisters. <laughs> uh, hey, let's, uh, let's turn it over to Mike Lawrence for our new segment called Own It, Mike. Yeah, so this is... Uh, what is uh, one of, I'm not going to say the, but one of the most shameful things you've bought as a wrestling fan? Um, Robert, I'm going to start with you. All right. Um, I don't, I haven't bought a lot of uh, wrestling stuff over the years. I think one of the benefits as a kid of there not being a WWE shop.com was the amount of effort it took to get a wrestling shirt, unless you went to a live event, saved my wardrobe from owning a lot of Big Daddy Cool Diesel shirts as a kid. Um, but years, a couple of years ago, um, a buddy of mine was getting married, and I wanted to get him something special. And someone I knew was like, hey, they're doing this autograph signing. We can get this really nice picture done up of his all-time favorite wrestler, and he'll do a personal thing. I'm like, I think he'll love that. He'll, they'd be great. So I got him this autographed Hulk Hogan uh, poster and it was congratulating him on his, on his wedding. We had it framed, spent a lot of money on it. And two days before his wedding is when the Hogan N word piece came out. And I was, I had no choice. I still had, and he was marrying a person of color, which made this 10 times. And I still gave him the, uh, the picture free because I'm like, this is the worst gift ever now, but I put a lot of time and money into this. So here you go. He loved it. And he's like, I'm going to hold, I'm going to put it up anyway. And his wife's like, Nope. So I initiated their first fight as man and wife over the uh, Hulk Hogan framed autograph. Congratulations on your wedding uh, picture. <laughs> Insane. 
Or, uh, Scott, what about you? <laughs> oh, okay. So me, uh, here we go. Ready? I'll, I'll show you. Oh, no. It's a Dark Order mask! It's a Dark Order mask! That's right, boys. The whole time. I joined about two years ago. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the whole damn time. So fuck, for fuck those the of three of you. Of you. Also, Zach. Because, you know, Scott decided to do comedy on an audio podcast. Uh, he is wearing a mask uh, that looks like he is evil Uno's. <laughs> it's a Dark Order mask. By the way, um, you basically look like if negative one grows up with neither parent. <laughs> actually, I think you just described Scott, actually. <laughs> That's awesome. My worst one, I think. What what is that a ma- is that a dark order mask? That is a yeah, dark yeah, order actually, mask. Actually, so so my worst purchase is is uh barely being able to pay my bills but still still subscribing to Pro Wrestling Crate every month. And uh this came last month with a bunch of other things. So yeah, like every month I'll get like one shirt I really love and then like a kazoo that says honky tonk man on it or something. <laughs> This is the worst paid advertisement. I have ever. like Tennille Dashwood sunglasses and I just drive around in them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What, what about you, Dan? You know, Mike, you saw me make my worst purchase. I may have talked about this on the podcast, but I was uh, feeling bad at StarCast because uh, nobody was online for Oscar. So I bought an Oscar autograph. Um, very <laughs> nice guy. Uh, but the the funniest thing about it was, uh, do you remember, Mike? I, I don't know if you were there for the Bruce Pritchard was sitting right next to us. And he's like, I'm like, I got an Oscar autograph. And he's like, why? And I'm like, well, I just felt bad, you know, because he wasn't he didn't have any in line. And Bruce just goes, fuck him and walks <laughs> away. <laughs> By the way, we, we, we must say to the fans, he's talking about the uh, men on a mission manager, Oscar, not Oscar. <laughs> Who better than Oscar? <laughs> better than oscar i don't know whoever whoever got on the whoever got on the public bus first that day i'm not sure oh there we go here's our, our weekly run-in oh I'm sorry i'm sorry i ordered a pizza one second i thought we'd be done by this uh <laughs> that doesn't sum up the podcast this pizza. is just filling time for dan until the pizza arrives <laughs> i um i have a very large wwf uh, action figure collection. Dan got me one Earthquake Mattel Elite Series 35, and now I have about 150. In uh, his ass. In his ass. <laughs> I, have, yeah. I have I have both a Mabel and a Viscera. I have two, oh uh, Nelson crazy action figures. I have the I have the life size ring that came with Goldberg. Oh man! I've nowhere to put it. Uh, we're we're expecting a kid soon, and I had to take all of the wrestling figures to make the nursery, and it was just so sad. <laughs> my my dog started to chew on Big John Stud. <laughs> yeah. Also, Dan has like a replica title belt, and those are super expensive and embarrassing to own. Uh, did Dan give his? What did Dan say again? Oh, it was an autograph from. How dare he shame someone else and not him? 
Yeah, and also that was a total Cody Rhodes thing of like the most embarrassing thing was yeah. I felt bad for something. I felt bad for a loser. Yeah, yeah, that's you what's guys, embarrassing I about that. the podcast for like two seconds and you yeah. just fucking trash me. The most embarrassing wrestling I th- thing I did was I was kind to a man. <laughs> I helped Oscar get a sandwich. Yeah. Um, well, my wife's here, so I can't talk about the time yeah, I ordered you- Sonny's services. <laughs> uh, I've Zach, seen her do you- things with that Hall of Fame ring that makes her d- belong in another Hall of Fame altogether, brother. <laughs> Zach, what's your uh, what's your most embarrassing purchase? I'm not an embarrassing wrestling fan like you guys are. Oh, man, he's not Psych. embarrassed about the wrestling stuff he owns. That's all he's saying. All right. All right, Zach, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> what's the thing you're most proud of then, huh? Uh, my my Bootios box. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> An open box of Bootios. My most proud possession. Trust me, in a few years, it will be your ultimate burden. I promise you. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will say this. I will, if you wear a Bootio shirt around people of color who don't know what the New Day is, that's a 50-50 shirt. Yeah. I, I if you, if you wear one. a Bootio shirt and call them people of color. <laughs> but I wore my Bootio shirt and it was just like a, a black comic was like, what the fuck are you wearing? <laughs> yeah, it's rough, man. And I was like, I was like, this is the most positive representation of black people ever in wrestling. <laughs> you know what's funny about that is that like they're like, yeah, the new day is the most positive. Um, but then like for WrestleMania, they just brought out all those little people dressed as marshmallows. <laughs> it's like they had to cancel out the progression <laughs> in some way. Do you own any wrestler like- stuff that the wrestler was canceled and so you can't wear it anymore? Like, do you, do you have, like, I have a Benoit action figure from before. I have a Benoit baby Bjorn. (laughs) (laughs) I have uh, the Benoit DVD. I have Benoit singing Elton John's Daniel. (laughs) You motherfucker. Uh, I have a bunch of Marty Skrull shirts, a bunch of Marty Skrull shirts that I can't wear. (laughs) Or wear with more enthusiasm than you ever have before. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who's wearing like a Joey Ryan shirt, that's the only shirt they're wearing. Yeah. And their name They wear Joey it to Ryan. bed and yes, that. <laughs> <laughs> they did it. They did a thing in the video games. I, I know you guys are big video game nerds, but uh where you can upload wrestlers, right? Like people can make a wrestler and you can upload it. And if you try to upload Benoit you lost your online privileges in the game. <laughs> wow. wow. And then they were like, this, this, this month's legend, Jimmy Snuka, <laughs> perform his classic cage jump, on, but onto Mick Foley. <laughs> um, let's get to high spot, low spot before we sign off. Oh, Jesus. I thought it was over. That's why I was rambling so much. No, we got a, we got a high spot, low spot. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, um, I'll start out. My low spot this week um, was being a wrestling observer subscriber, folks. Oh, no. I had to cancel this week. <laughs> I mean, I did listen to today to give him another shot, but like, I I can't do it anymore, man. I can't. Like, wait, the- wait. Let's let's set the scene. Dan's therapist told him to write a letter to the wrestling observer and read it out <laughs> loud. Go ahead. 
But wait, wait, let's set the scene. This is the first time Ted's been addicted to something and we know he's actually going to give up on it. <laughs> I don't know, man. The winners get cold, Mike. The winners get cold. <laughs> Something right. soothing about, about Meltzer's radiator voice that warms my heart. Well, Alvarez, here's the thing. is Alvarez is like Trump, man. He went after NXT for having too many factions. He was like, are you out of your mind? Like, he goes after like Riddle for doing goofy stuff and they do goofy stuff on AEW all the time it's just like it's two in the bag dude i gotta enjoy this shit like there's enough i, th- that I think that can we say at least the differences in AEW? the people who do goofy stuff can only do goofy stuff and the people who do goofy stuff in wwe are uh former ufc fighters all right now now no no yes, now you, fuck you, you just AEW, did a full on brian alvarez right there I literally just said it was so stupid that Kenny Omega did that over the top goofy, like, we'll get you next time thing. And I'm like, because you shouldn't be a goofy comedy act. And you're like, no one in AEW that's serious does goofy comedy. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is goofy comedy is is totally allowed. It's just, oh, oh, you're saying Kenny's thing is, yeah, he's so good. He transcends everything. I'm sorry. It's not it's not bias. It's just he transcends all the bullshit. You know, he's great at all of it. (laughs) I didn't mean to disperse your uh, Lord and Savior, Kenny Omega. Just so you know, Robert, Sunday was Father's Day, but anytime we talk about Kenny, it's Zaddy's Day for Scott. <laughs> also, also for me, runner-up low spot is the Nikki Cross spirit character. Look, okay, okay, we got to talk about now that. Now you're just though, baiting right? me, Dan. Fine. But, so I look, just, I know people were like, people on the internet are going, oh, it's what they're, they're making fun of people who are apparently going, uh, oh, this sucks. And then finding out she she thought of it. Nikki Cross thought of it and then backtracking. I haven't seen that. All I've seen is people go, this sucks. And then they go, oh, no, Nikki Cross made it. And then everybody goes, well, OK, it sucks. This sucks. <laughs> Hold on. I will defend it in the same way I did the other day, because it's it's not look, it's not great by any stretch of the imagination. But here's the thing. Number one, she, there is now something that differentiates Nikki Cross from a lot of the women that they have. And for the longest time, the women's division on Raw and SmackDown has just been this swamp of people uh, and their women who have no character whatsoever. This is the kind of shtick that will work with kids. It worked for Shane Helms when it was the hurricane, and they're going to sell the crap out of Nikki Cross in this butterfly superhero outfit thing. She seems to be enjoying doing it. I didn't realize she had come up with it when I first said it, but she's at least happy. And they spent money on this costume, which means Vince will give it a chance and let her be on television. In the same way a few weeks ago, I said Shayna Baszler getting a shot with this Alexa Bliss nonsense. It's not good, but it's her getting a chance. And she just did an interview with Sports Illustrated with friend of the show, Justin Barrasso, where she talked about, I'm happy to get a chance to show I'm not just the MMA person. I can do the sports entertainment stuff that they want. This is at least giving Nikki a chance. the, The perfect example I'll give is Jimmy Wang Yang. Jimmy Yang was, he was a talented wrestler and completely forgettable. They give him this weird Southern redneck gimmick and it worked for some reason. And the no, crowd didn't. Liked we it. laughed at it because he, he doesn't matter. You like Robert, it. He runs a fucking limo company. Yeah, he dude, runs we thought, company, it, we it, thought it, kept, it sucked and we laughed at it. That's it why kept, we liked it. You know, it, 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 it got <laughs> pops at live events and it, that's all that matters to them. This is a character. Will it be the transcendent in wrestling? Probably not, but it's going to keep Nikki Cross employed for the, at least the next five to six months and make money off merchandise. So for that alone, good, you good wanna, on it. You want to hear my actual issue with it? it? It's because she's not feuding with Alexa Bliss. The storyline should be, first off, Alexa Bliss should always be a heel. That character, you should not want to cheer for, you, you goddamn losers, okay? 
you should want to boo it and send it back to hell. Okay. Cause that's where you're going. If you like that, that shit. So anyway, so, so Alexa bliss is a heel. And then uh, Nikki cross shows up going, the only way I can conquer this demon, right? We, we get all the fiend on it. The only way I can conquer this kind of demon is if I go into my imagination and find a superhero, the superhero in me to fight her. And it's kind of like, like a uh, nightmare on Elm street. What is yeah, that dream, third one. dream warriors where she's like, well, then I have a, a knife or whatever, you know, like to fight him. Like everybody had powers. She should have powers to fight Nikki. And, and the true power is, her heart, you know, that's the idea, which she said, like, I don't have any powers, but I believe in myself. Well, that's what it should be. But she should be beating Alexa Bliss with that storyline. Save it for it's money in the bank. They're both in money in the bank. Scott, that's going to be the finish. Alexa's on the top of the uh, the ladder. Nikki's heart lights up and blows Alexa Bliss away. And she climbs up and gets the briefcase. And I it's a so. feel good moment for everybody. I, I hope so. I don't know, man. All right. And, and my high spot this week is I've been watching a lot of all Japan matches. I just watched Masawa Kawada in 94 for all Japan. I've also been watching a lot of the tag matches with Kabashi and Masawa teaming together and just incredible, incredible stuff. Yeah, man. Uh, they really wrestle at a breakneck pace, don't they? All right, Mike, what is your <laughs> high what is your high spot, low spot? Mike just did the Judd Nelson Breakfast Club pump in the air, by the way. Mike, what's your high spot, low spot? Um I'll say my my low spot I think was um, rewriting word for word hard times. <laughs> and now that's embarrassing times. <laughs> I, I I just I just want to say Thanks, Ron Funches. It's great to have you on the show today. I thought that was a good dusty. <laughs> I did. Well, the thing is, I did the um, the the CM Punk pipe bomb, and I was like, you know what? Cody is all about diminishing returns. <laughs> and bringing back ideas that don't work as well. <laughs> like, well, here's my challenge now. Here's my challenge to you. Yeah. When we do John Cena, you have to battle rap John Cena. Oh, yeah. MC Lawrence has got to come back, Mike. <laughs> Uh-oh, he's back. Oh, no. Don't awaken the demon. <laughs> God, I, I, I worked on Drop the Mic. I'll, fuck yeah. <laughs> and also Lawrence's we, credential of being a, a good rapper. <laughs> and when we and when we do our you know Anthony Bowen tribute episode in 2027, I'll I'll do it again then. <laughs> um, my tribute episode. Spot, oh no. <laughs> my my high spot is Dan quitting the Observer. I am so proud of him. Like genuinely, as a friend, I've known I've known you for 14 years, and. I, I think that this is the worst relationship that you've been in. <laughs> very unhealthy. You talked about it all the time. And like you talk about day, it a lot. It's like, oh man, Alvarez and Meltzer. And I was like, you gotta let go. You gotta let go. And it's like now you're with the torch and like I hope you're happy. <laughs> I, I think real progress would be not paying for wrestling news at yeah, all. Yeah, the torch is like nicotine gum. <laughs> You know, it's like, yeah, also, you got to stop that eventually, too. <laughs> well, Mike, I want to I want to thank you for that. I will say that Meltzer did have some insights into today's rating system. I'm not going back, though. I'm not going back. I'm not going oh, back. No. Uh oh, he's uh oh, dude. He's he 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 think he thinks seeking them out on YouTube is better. He's like a fucking fiend. Look at him. <laughs> I just I, I see. I'm only gonna smoke at parties. Rules. Because <laughs> <laughs> I I had to do something similar. Like I had to I had to quit Cornette 
And that was tough because it was my favorite thing in wrestling for a good while. And then it just made me feel less happy. And I really care about your happiness. And, and I feel like Meltzer and Alvarez were bumming you out. And I'm glad that you, you kicked them to the curb. Um, and also, you don't need to hear real news about a fake sport. <laughs> That's true. I mean, look, I got cage side seats. There's just a lot of good options. Um, yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Uh, Scott, what was your high spot, low spot this week? Okay, my high spot was a real simple clip I saw of uh, El Vikingo from I, I've seen him in AAA. That's probably where I've only seen him, and then like YouTube clips. Uh, but every time I'm I'm blown away by him. And then this week there was a clip on Twitter that was trending where he does this move: is he flips like three times in the air. Um, I don't know, I I'll post it tonight actually. Uh, it's just really amazing, a really cool move, and I like when he gets shine. Cause then I get to fantasy book in my head and get excited about things, you know? Uh, so I hope he ends up, you know, in AEW fighting Phoenix and shit. Uh, that was my high spot. My low spot. Who? I don't know. I didn't consume enough pro wrestling to really have a low spot. Like I consumed it at my own pace, which felt healthy, you know? The pay-per-view um, probably, right? Would you say it was the pay-per-view? Yeah, the endings, the endings during Hell in a Cell were 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 major bummers. I didn't I didn't enjoy them at all. Robert, high spot, low spot. All right, so I'll start. I had two low spots. One of them legitimately was the Brock Anderson stuff, just because Arn has been talking about Brock's training and evolution for so long, and how important this was to him. And I don't think AEW did him a ton of favors when there's a better way to have presented him. Um, Dan had me watch the uh, the China documentary because we're going to be talking with uh, with Rob, who was featured in it uh, next week. And it's a it's a really well done documentary, but it is a slow moving car crash because you know how it's going to end. There's nothing you can do to stop it. And you're just watching this really heartbreaking story unfold. Um and it's really well put together. It's it's really interesting. And it looks like you, you'd hope it was going to have a happy ending until you realize you know exactly how it's going to end. Uh, it's definitely worth seeking out. My two high spots. One, uh, Pat McAfee has been a bright spot. He was awesome on SmackDown. He was awesome on Hell in a Cell. He projects a kind of enthusiasm that feels genuine. And it makes you feel better about watching the product as opposed to a lot of the canned responses. Uh, the other high spot I'll, I'll put out there is uh, this is the uh, the last Conan O'Brien and uh, independent of uh, the fact that that two of our, our hosts have been featured on it. Conan was great because whenever he had pro wrestlers on as guests, they always shown we we've shown clips on here before of wrestlers looking really bad on like uh Arsenio Hall when, when uh, Warrior was going crazy or the Richard Belzer thing. Whenever Conan had a pro wrestler on there, it was one of the first times where I as a fan would see a WWE wrestler act natural and come across in a way where he was respected. Uh, it was one of the first times I saw Big Show as having natural charisma when he was telling a story about being like in a hotel room in Japan and not being able to fit into the toilets and things like that. So it was great to see a, uh, a legitimate late night host who treated wrestlers with actual respect. And when they were on there, they looked better for it. 
Conan followed with wrestlers the same thing he did with Anjanus, where he just complimented how good looking they were in the beginning. <laughs> and wrestlers immediately become like relaxed when you're like, oh, this guy thinks I'm hot. I can talk. Is that your strategy on here that you're hoping they're going to hear it and want to come on? Someday, yeah, we got to we gotta send Roman this to Conan. I will, I, I will say this. Like, I, you know, I think Arsenio was great. Warrior was just going to warrior that night. He had better interviews than that. I think he was, I think Conan was the successor to him for sure in terms of late night and being a welcoming place. That said, and, and I, I love Conan, but there is this one interview, and I don't even blame him for this, but it was one of the most awkward things. It's him, I think, and he's interviewing Mr. Fuji and Yokozuna, and I don't think Cornette is there. And this is like one of his first months, I, I think. And you just feel for the guy so bad that he's got to handle a guy who can't, you know, like the worst, the worst thing must be too, because, you know, Yokozuna is in pure kayfabe and then Fuji is like kind of speaking in broken English. And then I'm sure like backstage, you know, Yokozuna was like, Hey brother, that was great, man. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Must've been so fucking frustrating to come in. <laughs> Cause it's just like, he's just out there with a brick wall the whole time. And um, it, it's really fun. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, and also Conan was what, like, is like legit six foot six, six foot seven. So yeah. anyone who could even like stand eye to eye with him look like a fucking star. <laughs> like, it's funny, all the comics posting Conan pictures, we all look like fucking Lily. I look like Indian in the cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> you look he... like the leprechaun, Dan. All right. All right. He's just a, he, yeah, we're all hornswoggles and uh, it's, it's his ring and we were just happy to be under it. But I think that... Um, and let's be honest, Belzer was good in his own way, too. <laughs> Just for different made you reasons. Believe. He made you believe. He definitely put somebody over. Yeah. Whether it was his choice, who knows. Um, Zach, what's your high spot, low spot this week? Uh, low spot was the finish to Hell in a Cell. Uh, and high spot was looking at everyone get so upset about Nikki Cross's new gimmick when it's going to be the most over thing in about a year. <laughs> well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna quote you on that. Please do. Uh, next week we got the roast to Dusty Rhodes for show and hell. We're gonna watch the video of the four horsemen breaking Dusty's arm, which is fucking awesome if you've never seen it before. Uh, dynamite or fizzle. And because it's 4th of July, 4th of July special, we will review John Cena's speech on Osama bin Laden. We will also decide which wrestler would be the worst to break the bin Laden news in addition to high spot, low spot. So we got a fun show next week. Uh, subscribe to the Patreon. We're doing uh, we're doing the Marvel show this week. We got the roast to Cornette the week after. It's going to be a blast, man. Thank you guys for supporting the pod. I appreciate it. Um, Scott, you got anything? Uh, no. <laughs> All right, Mike. <laughs> um, no, just, uh, you know, Mike Lawrence uh, comedy on Instagram and uh, amymiller.com. Check out her stuff. Yeah, thank you, Amy. Yeah, she was amazing. Uh, great job. She's got some great clips on uh, YouTube of her comedy, too. Um, yeah, she was amazing. So, yeah, support her uh, work and buy her stuff. 
Robert? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. Uh, please, if take a time, uh, take a time. What the hell was that? Take time if you can. Post a, uh, a review on iTunes for us. That's definitely helpful. Also, if you're part of the ad-free shows network, there's a whole litany of uh, comments and posts there. So feel free to talk about how much you like the show uh, within the ad-free shows community, of which we are a part of. We really appreciate it, guys. And Zach? Wash your hands. Wash your goddamn hands. We'll see you next week. <laughs>